the original Night Stalker and the Golden State Killer. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Beyond the Realm, a paranormal true crime podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Hannah Kindry. And I'm Bruce Burhans. And we just want to welcome you. <laughs> We're actually doing this. Yeah, we are. We have been talking about this for months. This has been in production for a long time, too. Yeah. It's been a couple months, I think. <laughs> it's been a couple months. It's been a while. Um, yeah. <laughs> Should we tell them how the format's going to go? Yeah. So, if you like this podcast, you probably know the queens of true crime podcasts, Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark from My Favorite Murder. It's going to be very similar to that format because we're disasters. <laughs> yeah. We've never done anything like this before in our lives. It's all good. Um, so, I am a true crime lover. It's obnoxious. I talk about murder way too much. That's kind of your career in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> what are you studying? Criminal justice. There you go. Um, and then this nerd. <laughs> I'm doing the exact opposite. Yeah, he does fake stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so I love all things paranormal. So I like aliens, uh, ghosts kind of. I'm a ghost gal. Yeah, I... I prefer aliens. That's my thing. I'm local alien party on Twitter and most things. Get that promo. Yeah, as I say that, like that is my branding essentially. Yeah. While Hannah's is murder and dead bodies. Yeah, it's kind of my forte. So <laughs> it's going to be very similar to my favorite murder, where it's just we're gonna tell each other what we researched. Mm -hmm. And kind of funny, where we're both bringing a topic to the table. Yeah, yeah. We're kind of funny best friends. Greg, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Um, Did you want to go first? Sure. Nice. Um, okay. So, we all know the famous horror franchise, Amityville Horrors. Yes, I've seen the movies. Yes. So, people claim that it is based on real events and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But this is what really happened. Born on September 26, 1951... Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr. killed six members of his family. Jesus. Yeah. On the night of November 13th, 1974. The victims were car dealer Ronald DeFeo Sr., age 43. Okay. Luis DeFeo, age 42, his parents. Mm -hmm. And then four of their children and Butch's siblings. Jesus. Dawn, aged 18. Allison, age 13, Mark, age 12, and John Matthew, aged 9. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So this guy is a fucking psychopath. Right. So this was in a suburb of Long Island, New York. Amityville, mm -hmm. obviously. Right. Amityville literally means place of peace. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened there. It was just a quaint little town. It was super nice. And one of the most well-known people in the town was Ronald DeFeo Sr. He was a car dealer, kind of an asshole. I mean, car dealers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, they have a son, Butch. That's yeah. his nickname. And he was kind of a spoiled brat. Because when he was born, he just kind of like grew up a little normally. I heard accounts that his father was abusive. Oof, that's not good. Like, sexually, or... I... I don't know. It has to be something severe if he ends up murdering his whole entire right. family. I... Yeah. But I don't think, like... It, there isn't a ton of stuff about that. Mm -hmm. Let me see, like... This case has changed so much over the years it has um because besides it being like decades old you get romanticized with the different major motion pictures that have been right. made um the books the whole adding in ghost stories and the paranormal to it yeah so let's see yeah 
So they did, he kind of, like, Butch DeFeo Jr., he was abused by uh, Ronald Sr. Because he, it uh, says that he served as a domineering authority figure and engaged in hot-tempered fights. So the most freaking target of their abuse was Butch. So he was overweight and he got bullied a lot at school. Okay, yeah, so, that'll do it. Yeah, so this kid was pretty fucked up. But when he started getting older, he, you know, he was a big guy. And so he began to beat up his dad. Oh, God. <laughs> and a few of his friends just, yeah. Um, so his mom and his dad were like, okay, something's fucking wrong. Um, so they took him to a psychiatrist, as a normal family would. Okay. How old was he? He was probably around... I think it's like... It doesn't say. It says as he matured. Okay. So I probably so went like 14, I'd say. Um, But he kind of refused help. He was like, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't know why you're doing this. Stupid. Right. And so... That's they kind, kind of... of I, I mean, it, you shouldn't beat up your parents, but I mean... It, Right. They were abusive to him. Right. It was just the dad, though. The mom's a sweetheart. Right. Did he abuse his mom? No. Just the dad? Just the dad. Okay, so that kind of makes um, sense. And so then they just kind of gave up. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. That's never good. <laughs> uh, So they were just like, they just kind of paid him. Mm-hmm. They tried to incentivize him with so cash. So they bribed him Yes, they bribed him. beating them up. Yes. Um, and the most, my favorite one of their gifts was a $14,000 speedboat. Oh, okay. I mean, New York, you could probably use that somewhere. Uh, so they, they hoped that they would, it would kind of calm him down. Obviously it didn't fucking work. Yeah. It only made (laughs) problems worse because he had all this money and really nothing to do with it. You know? So by the age of 17... Butch became an LSD and heroin user. Oh. So now he was high all the time. Then he got expelled from his school. Strong shit, too. Yeah. So Not marijuana. Expelled for his violent outbursts. Then I forgot to mention this, but Ronald Sr., his father, also, he was a car owner of this dealership. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ronald Sr. worked for him. So he comes from a it's long like a line dynasty. of... Yeah, so <laughs> just a whole family line of asshole car dealers. Yes. All right. And so at eight, when he was 18, he got, like, a really high-up position in his grandfather's car dealership. So and they gave it to him? Yeah, they just okay. kind of gave it to him. All right. Um, okay. They were just like, here. Yeah, family, family yeah. business, really. Stop doing And heroin. they were just like, <laughs> you can kind of do whatever you want. He, and it, with it, like, in addition to that, he got money from his father regardless of his tendency or job performance at work. Well, shit. Yeah. So then he got the salary, like, with his money, he got a new car, and then he, that was from his parents. Right. Um, But he just kind of made it, like, fancy, I guess. And then he also bought guns, alcohol, and drugs. So he... Not the best things to buy. No. (laughs) Wasn't investing for the future. (laughs) And so, it comes up to 1974. Butch, he thought he was pissed. Because apparently he didn't think that he was making enough money. (laughs) Right. And so he started plotting to embezzle. Okay. So late October, dealership was like, hey, Butch, you can do this. Like, it isn't hard. Go run this money to the bank. Mm-hmm. It was $20,000. Which was probably, like... Way, way, way more. Yeah, like two or three s- times that. I, I'm i assuming... When was this? Like, mid-60s? 1974. Oh, 1974. <laughs> I can't spell! <laughs> <laughs> I saw you misspell today, like, six times. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so that's a lot. Yes. So then, like, $20,000 back then is over $100,000 in today's money. So it was a lot of money. 
And so he, Butch planned a mock robbery, saying that he got mugged, agreeing to split the money evenly. Um, the plan went off without a hitch, and then they, like, it was completely fine. Everything worked until they questioned DeFeo. <laughs> Um, and like you think Butch of a story, right? Is Butch. Okay. And so then, instead of actually saying, like, oh, yeah, I was driving and I got mugged, he started screaming. Okay. <laughs> he was, like, screaming at them. Then the police was like, yikes. Right. <laughs> this is bad. Asked him to come to the station to check out mugshots of possible sub- suspects, but he refused. Which is not Which good. is yeah. stupid. Because you obviously want your money back if it actually gets stolen. Especially that amount. For the business. Right. And then after... Butch's dad was like, yikes. Yeah. (laughs) What's going on? And so then he questioned. He was like, hey, son of mine. What was that (laughs) about? Take that needle out of your arm and (laughs) come sit next to your old pops. He's like, come here. What was that? And then he was, he again exploded into a rage and threatened to kill his father. I see where this is going. Well, he actually also attempted to kill his father. Then and there? No. Oh, okay. But he tried to shoot him with a 12 gauge shotgun during a fight between his parents. And he literally pulled the trigger. At point blank. So that would have blown his head off. Right. But the gun malfunctioned. Yeah. So then the argument ended, but he was like, oh, God. Yeah, that would shake you to your core, I would imagine. So that's kind of... The odds of that happening are probably very slim. Right. So now we get in to the murder. Okay. So this is the good stuff. Yes. This is also... None of the stuff they show in the movies. This is, like, this the first ten seconds of each movie, essentially. Well, yes. Because the movies are literally it's so dramatized. Yeah. So, and it focuses on ghosts. Yeah, it's usually about the, the family that moves in after. Yes. So you never really get to know what really happened. Right. So this is, like, I'm not entirely sure. So, all of the victims had been shot by a thirty-five caliber... Martin, Marlin, 336C rifle. So, I'm assuming that's a pretty big gun. Yes. At around 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the parents had been shot twice while all the children had been killed once. Mm-hmm. And the order went parents, brothers, and sisters. Because they had two sisters and then two brothers. Okay. Um, so, he shot all of them. And that he went to work. <laughs> Jesus. So, all their bodies are just... Sitting there. In the bed. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, damn. And he threw the evidence to a storm drain. Okay. And so he went to work. And they're like, hey, where's your parents? Like, what's going on? Right, where's at your dad? the family business. Where the fuck? <laughs> and he was like, I don't know. Like, he, oh, wait. You know, I left early. So that means that he went back to bed. No. Oh, he had to go to work at three in the morning? Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to just say, like... No, I think he... I don't know what he did. He was just kind of walking around. Um, <laughs> he was kind of walking around. Uh, yeah, I was... That's, I, I mean, either one's terrible to think right. about. Right. I think he was, like, cleaning up and everything. That's <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, So... He, they were like, hey, what's going on, Butch? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, no, I left early, so, like, I don't know. Like, they said they were coming. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But then he went to work, lived as normally, and then around 6.30 p.m. he went into a bar and said, you've got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. <laughs> <laughs> and which everyone was like, what? <laughs> and right. so they called the police. They all went to the house. And then they, like, looked in there. And everyone was dead, obviously. Right. And he was like, I wasn't at home. I was out at 3 o'clock in the morning. But they didn't know when they died. So they're like, I don't know. Ah." Right. I can't imagine that many hours would be a major difference. It wouldn't be. I think it's some signs of, like, being dead. Right. You'd definitely be able to tell. Right. 
they're not decaying, obviously. It's not, right. like, it's not like a week after. Yeah. Thank God. That would be worse. Yeah. So, then he got taken in for, like, not questioning, but kind of like, do you know anybody that could have done this? Like, all that stuff. Because at this time, the police really didn't think he was, like, they were like, I don't know. It, yeah, it's like your whole family. Right, because he was well-known. Like, the father was well-known. Yeah, the whole family. Right, and they were assholes. And I can't imagine this is a big town. No. Um, and so he blamed the murder on Louis Finelli, a mobster. Right. Which makes sense, This you know? is This is New York. This is yes, Long this Island. Yes, New York this in the 70s. Of, yeah, <laughs> so this is kind of like every other mobster movie right. 20 years after. Right. But, so then they were searching the house, and then they found the box of the murder weapon in Butch's room. So they were like, Jesus. hmm, interesting. <laughs> so then they took him into custody, because that was enough evidence, really. Yeah, that's why you and don't keep was, your boxes. And it was the 70s. And then he, he actually confessed the next day. He said, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. And then, oh yeah, he admitted to taking a bath after. Oh God. <laughs> and then he discarded the evidence. He was like, well, I got all this blood on me. Right. Um, so all six victims were found lying face down in their beds with no signs of the struggle or sedatives having been administered. So then they were thinking that someone was in the house should have been awakened by the noise of the gunshots. That's what I was just thinking. How did nobody I wake up? I don't know. Especially if this was a big gun. That's something... Let me try to... I'm going to look up the gun. Right. To see, because I actually... I never saw a picture of it. We both don't know guns, so... Yep, big yeah, gun. Yeah, that's a... Big gun. That's like a rifle. That is a full-fledged rifle. That's like a... It looks like a... Like something you see like in a western. Yeah. It is straight up like a... It's in Red Dead Redemption. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's... Um, and the rifle... Because they've been asleep. It's they, a hell of a sleep. I know. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I don't know. It's been a big... It's it a big also, house, kind of. I, but their bedrooms are, like, next to each other, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Let me see if there's... That part's so suspect. I'm very confused by that. <laughs> Because let me see if I can find the crime scene photos. Oh my god. That's what they looked like. So, just for the record, if you're... If you can't handle gore, especially real gore... Don't look it up. Don't Google it. There is a lot of blood. Because you can see... Like... It's... You can see, like, right here. I mean, I'm assuming that thing... That rifle holds a couple bullets. Yes. It wouldn't surprise me if he just kind of went bed to right. bed really but, quick. Yeah. Because... A lot of them slept in the, the same room. Yeah. I think it was the parents' room, then the brother's room, then the sister's room. Um, They could have technically been placed, but it's unlikely. Right, because they didn't see any signs of a struggle. Right. And there was nothing in their bodies to indicate otherwise. Right. So, all right. So, that part... Here's the layout of the house. Yeah. So, that's one bedroom. That's another bedroom. Yeah, I mean, even if... Yep. Because, I mean, it's... Here here it is. So, give us the floor plan. Tell so, us about it. So, bottom left of the floor plan, there's the room. So, they actually are kind of spread apart. Because it goes these two, then these two, then these two. So, bottom oh, wait, left. I should probably say... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It goes parents... <laughs> Then brothers, then sisters. And it's like bottom left, top right, and then right. bottom right. So it, technically it is possible. Especially when it's like, it's America. You right. hear gunshots all the time. Right. I just kind of ignore it. Um, plus, even if you do wake up and you see somebody, it's your brother. Right. So that's just not right. Um, <laughs> so then during the trial, he tried to plead insanity. Saying that voices told him to do it. That's a big deal. Like, that's kind of the most memorable part of all this. Yes, that's what started the franchise. Yeah, that's what everything is pretty much based off of with right. this murder. So. I mean, he did it at, like, the witching hour. Isn't that three? Three, yeah. Yeah. So then, but then the psychiatrist was like, no. Right. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, man. 
so then he comes up with more bullshit. So first, he claimed that his mother did the shootings. Right. He was like, she got up and shot us all. And then, except for me, because he had no... And then she went back into her bed. And, uh, well, and then he <laughs> shot her in self-defense. Right, 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 right. And then he claimed that his sister Dawn planned to kill the parents. Um, But then she was like, we gotta kill our siblings to eliminate witnesses. Right. And so then he was like, I am a good man. No. And then killed Dawn. Trying to make him seem like the good guy. Um, He didn't think any of this through, clearly. No, 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 no. Um, But... This is a good thing for the defense. Traces of gunpowder were found on Dawn's nightgown. Okay. But it was probably because she... the gun was fired at really close range. Yeah, I was going to say, he was probably standing right over her. Right. So he did all of this to make him look good. He tried mm-hmm. to make him look like the hero, but none of it, none of it just, everything fell yeah. through. I was going to say, once insanity doesn't work, right. you kind of So obviously none of that works. System. So on... November 21st, 1975, they found DeFeo killed, guilty of six counts of second-degree murder. Damn. Yeah. I'm, I I kind of understand why it's not first-degree murder. Do you know the difference? Why don't you tell everyone what yeah. the difference is? So, there are three, technically three different degrees of murder. Mm-hmm. First-degree murder is planned, premeditated murder. It is, you have 100% intent to kill this person. That's usually where something is set up beforehand and stuff like that. Yeah. Sec- second degree is unplanned, but you still murder. <laughs> right. Where it's like... I guess that would match this then. Yes. Where you... It's like a... Most commonly, it's a bar fight. So, so you, it's super random. Yeah. And then it's technically third degree murder, aka homicide. Mm-hmm. Wait, no. Manslaughter. Not homicide. Manslaughter. Is when it's almost completely on accident. Like vehicular manslaughter when you hit someone with your car and they die. Yeah. Which is still... Or like, it's something like if you get into a fight with someone... And then they And then they end up... Yeah. They hit their head or something. So it's something that is completely unplanned (laughs) and there was no intention to murder, but there was an intention to do great bodily harm, essentially. Cool motive... Still murder. Yeah. <laughs> so he was se- sentenced to six consecutive life sentences. And then he... Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and he was sent to Green Hill... Green Haven Correctional Facility in Beekman, New York. And his appeals to parole have all been denied. I would... Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> yeah. So is he still alive? Yes. Wow. I believe so. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that, but Charlie's meowing. Let me I would love for one of the cats to come in at any time and just meow really close He's to the close. microphone. Let me see. It's terrifying because you can hear him get closer and closer. Yeah. Charlie. Yeah, he's still alive. Okay. Right? Yikes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. 66. I think he's still in that correctional facility, too. So you can see what he looks like. He's a fucking psychopath, man. He's... I mean, 66 is like... That's older. Yeah. But... No, he's been in there for a long time. It's 1975. Yeah, damn. He's been in there for, like, 53 years. Yeah, shit, that's, like, the vast majority of his life. Yes. Because he did this when he was at, what, like, 18? Um, something like that. He was born in 1951. Murders happened in 1974. So, he was 23. Shit. So, he's been in there for... Great majority of his life. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Yeah. A lot, I mean, a lot of these, uh, just to make it clear, we're not defending anyone that we bring up. No. But it is always really sad that a lot of these could have been prevented if, for example, the father was an abusive. Right. And messed them up psychologically for the rest of their lives. Right. And that, of course, goes into the whole thing of, well, his father was abusive, which means that what happened in his childhood to make him abusive. Right. Um, so it's just really sad all around. Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, shit, six people got murdered. Yeah. His whole family tree's, like, wiped and out. For that Yeah, it, no, it yeah. literally is. It's, forever. Yeah. And it messed up that town 
oh god yeah i can't even imagine like your reputation's like a murder spree and then a bunch of movies that are based on like the ghost in that town and stuff like that and demons and all this other bullshit right which um i love the paranormal and that's my expertise uh it Amityville Horror is all bullshit. Yeah, it's sad to say, if you guys don't know, they would later admit that the people who wrote the books and stuff, it was all... Bitch, that's in my notes! Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm not done! Okay, go ahead, go ahead. So, after his imprisonment, like, a bunch of people fucking wrote books, made movies about the murders, because they're so just terrible. First one, entitled Amityville Horror, True Story, was published in September of 1977. You said the first one? Yes. Wow, there's a, a lot of books? It's... Everyone writes stories about the Amityville Horrors. Damn, I thought it was just one. No. So, that was literally three years after the murders happened. And two years after he got convicted. Damn. So they have no chill. They waited no time. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so that found the Lutz family, who lived in the DeFeo house. Mm-hmm. And they were like, the pol- you know, this typical, like poltergeist oh my god everything trying to kill us which was very popular in hollywood then yes with poltergeist (laughs) yeah um yeah and so then based on that book amityville horror movie was released in 1979 (laughs) which was very that is so quick that is five years after that is your dream and so subsequent like just a ton of stuff has been made. The mo- most recent 2005. Right. Um, I think I remember seeing that. And a factual one. account of, like, and then that was the newest movie. Mm-hmm. And then the newest book is um, a factual account of the DeFeo tragedy, was um, in the book Mentally Ill in An- Am- Amityville by Will Saviv. But yes, the Lutz family did claim. They were like, yep. All bullshit. We had a deal. We just wanted to make money. And that's right. so sad. Which, yeah. that Because I, I don't feel like even in today's... Like, where we're at as a society where you can just Google these things. I right. feel like no one's going to do that. Or no one's going to care. Um, Because the stories sound really cool. I mean, you, right. those movies are iconic. Like, yeah, no. They are a stable in the horror franchise. Yeah, like, that. it's a big deal. Like, I remember The Pig and, like the colors and like right no i remember great movies and stuff um so that's a shame really right it's 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 just such a sad story because could you imagine just your entire family just getting murdered because you have a big family yeah like you personally oh me imagine all of them just dying (laughs) yeah no and then getting like a movie out of it where it's like you don't even get any money from it, right? Because um, they're all dead. Yeah, I was gonna say it's somebody else that's getting right. It's everyone. Money. It's the Lutz family, right? <laughs> yeah, Jesus that's Christ. It's kind of all I have. So that was the true story of Amityville Horror. That's God. <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's I wanted to say that's really good, but then I'm like, no, that's murder. <laughs> right. Uh, that's really sad. That's insane, though. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um. Okay. What do you have for us? So, mine is probably one of the biggest cases of alien abduction. Um, Mm -hmm. This is kind of the stereotypical go-to. This is Barney and Betty Hill. Ooh. I've heard of this. This, yeah, this is gigantic. Um, So, Barney and Betty Hill were a couple in America. They were abducted by extraterrestrials in New Hampshire from September 19th to the 20th and... 1961 like that's when the events took place um people probably best know them as their story became a best-selling book and television movie uh they pretty much got a whole bunch of money from this which yeah i was gonna say like it does we'll, we'll get into that later near the end of it um but it i personally don't feel like they went into this for the money um and i think there's a lot of things that point towards that okay but so, um, New Hampshire thinks this is a really big deal, and most of Betty's notes, tapes, and other items have actually been put uh, at the University of New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And in July 2011, the State Division of Historical Records marked the site where they got 
they claimed abduction. Holy shit. Um, cause it's just a simple road. Um, they lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And so Barney was a U.S. Postal Service employee and Betty was a social worker. These were hmm. really highly educated. Like they knew what they were doing. They weren't. Right. Um. They weren't dumbasses. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm trying to think of a. I don't really want to say deplorables, but... <laughs> they weren't, like, they were successful. Yeah, they were normal people. The only thing that was unnormal was that they are in an interracial couple. Ooh! So... That's um, rare for yes, the 60s. exactly. So they actually were members... They were members... <laughs> they were members of the local uh, uh, double NAACP. Wow. And they sat on local boards of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. So they were people that cared a lot about... Um, equality, and they tried to make step towards that, which is really cool for them. Yeah, history shine brights on that. Um, so the UFO sighting itself happened on September nineteenth, nineteen sixty one, at around ten thirty p.m. They were driving back to Portsmouth from a vacation they had in Niagara Falls. Um, apparently, this was just south of uh, Lancaster. I don't have not super sure if I'm pronouncing all of these light, um, but um, so Betty first claimed to have saw a bright light in the sky um a lot of the movies show it next to like jupiter or whatever but um anyway it was just under the moon essentially and barney was just trying to go across u.s route three and he was like this is nonsense and betty was just like yeah you're right it's probably just a falling star um the only problem was it moved up instead of down Um, how old were they at the time of the Oh, Christ. <laughs> um, I didn't go into, like, when they were born and stuff. Okay. They were um, in their prime, probably, like, 30s. Okay. Um, like, late 30s, I would say, because Barney would actually die in his 40s. Oh, wow. Um, Betty actually lived until she was, like, 80 or oh, something. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah, because I see that picture. I just looked up a picture of them. Yeah, yeah. They were pretty... They were... Um, They're cute. Yeah, they were adults. They were pretty, like, they were doing a bunch of things, super successful, um, highly educated, all that stuff. Um, And so pretty much what happened was that the light kept getting bigger and brighter, and it was going up. So obviously this wasn't a falling star. This was something unnatural. Right. Um, Betty kept urging Barney, and for the record, Barney in this whole, like, this is consistent throughout the whole case. Barney thinks that Betty was full of shit. He was like, you're just imagining this. Aliens don't freaking exist. Um, Keep in mind, this is the 60s, and there's not big alien fans like me. (laughs) You know what I mean? This isn't like... There's not tons of movies and all that stuff. I'm on this still. And so, pretty much they stopped to just walk their dog. Um, They were a really cute dog. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, they had... So they just had a little dog there trying to walk and take a little break. And Barney stopped at a picnic area just south of Twin Mountain. And so Betty kept looking through binoculars that she had, and she saw an oddly shaped craft that was flashing multicolored lights traveling across the face of the moon. Oh, shit. So Betty's sister thought that she actually saw a flying saucer a few years prior. Oh. So Betty immediately thought that this was an alien encounter. Oh, wow. Uh, Betty knew what a flying saucer was and was like, hey, it could be that. Um, Barney thought it was a commercial airliner going from Vermont to Montreal. Okay. Which is a pretty reasonable thing. Um, however, the craft rapidly descended into their direction. Oh, shit. And then Barney, who just tried to debunk it earlier, quickly realized it wasn't a plane. Oh, wow. They ran back to their car. (laughs) Yeah. And drove towards, um, Franconia... Notch? Noach? I have no clue. There's a lot of really weird names, so please bear with me. New Hampshire? What um, the fuck? Yeah. Uh, it's, so anyway, this is a really narrow, mountainous stretch of road. Uh, most of this is just highways. It's late at night. No one's really traveling. Um, they're pretty much by themselves this whole time. At one point, um, the object passed above a restaurant. Um, and so Betty testified that it was at least one and a half times the length of granite cliff profile which was for example 40 feet long whoa that's so, a big ass ship yeah so it's she's like 100 feet yeah so she's saying that this is like a legitimately gigantic thing and that's the reason why they've been able to see it this whole time okay um eventually the cl- so the craft actually moved silently and erratically 
Ew. and it bounced back and forth, which is really typical of a flying saucer. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, it rapidly descended towards their vehicle, causing Barney to stop in the middle of the highway. So they're still on the highway. They're just going as fast as they can, essentially. <laughs> they're, they're like, fuck like, this yeah, shit. They're like, they're like, this is not a plane. We're getting the hell out of here. So they estimated that the UFO was about 80 feet above them. Okay. Which pretty much means that you see only the UFO if it's yeah, as no, big as they said. close. Um, and this proves that they were correct in the size part, um, if you want to believe them at least. Because Barney said that he saw 8 to 11 humanoid figures peering out the window. Oh, wow. Um, they were all in unison, all but one of them moved to a panel. The remaining figure, com- like, one of them kept looking at them, and they were trying to, like, send a message. Um, they thought that it was pretty much telling them to stay put. Okay. And he kept observing them, and they had supposedly glossy black uniforms and black caps. Hmm. Um, don't know what that meant for alien style, but... <laughs> so Barney... So yeah, so Barney ran back to the car... And they were like, Betty, he was like, Betty, we're going to get captured. <laughs> and so they went at high speeds. Like, they were going at, like, 100 or some shit. Like, they were flying, right, on And, the like, highway. that was some old-ass cars, too. Yeah, I was just saying, like, he was... Those, he's like, nope. Yeah, he was, like, they're legitimately scared, and um, there's tons of evidence that points towards them being, like, legitimately messed up after this. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, they kept hearing a series of beeping or buzzing that bounced off of the trunk and the car actually vibrated and they felt tingling sensations pass through their bodies um then stuff like kind of blacked out they don't really know what happened they would wake up and well they would come to their senses again Mm -hmm. and they would find that they've actually traveled 35 miles south the normal drive home should have took them about four hours. Okay. When they got home, they claimed to have not realized it took them seven hours. Oh. Uh, this was really weird. Um, and this is actually a phenomenon that a lot of people that know about aliens and stuff call missing time. Right. Uh, and so the Hills tried to claim that the uh the the what. Sorry, Excuse I messed me? up. Yeah, the time... Uh, what, oh, sorry. <laughs> you're all... Yeah, you're gonna have to cut that out. Uh, I totally, Steven! I totally had a random thing right there. That's Steven! totally irrelevant. Steven, cut that out. Um, when they arrived home, they had on sensations and impulses they could not explain. Uh, they kept their luggage near the back door rather than the main part of the house. Their watches would never run again. Um, Betty noticed that her dress was torn at the helm, zipper, and lining. The toes on Barney's best dress shoes were scraped, and they took a long shower afterwards. <laughs> um, Is that unnatural for them? Uh, I think it's supposed to be like, they were just kind of shook the whole time. Right. Uh, and so this is where the dreams come in. Betty had really, really intense dreams. And I'm not going to go through the whole dream, okay. because... Um, not to spoil it, but they go through therapy and they actually do hypnosis. And it turns out that parts of her dream was real. Oh, shit. From what she remembers in her memory. Oh, shit. And then the other parts were total BS. So I'm going to just tell the real parts of it and okay. not... I don't want to get people confused of like, well, how come it's conflicting? Because it's intentionally conflicting because her brain wasn't processing Right. It. Her brain's like... Yeah, Which, what you, the you get. Yeah, they had like severe repressed memories. Is that a thing, like alien brain? Alien brain. <laughs> I mean, it's not called alien brain, or but it's like it a really brain should freeze, be. But it's it like so should be. It's a brain. I don't know. I was trying to make a joke out of that. <laughs> no, but work. yeah. So no, that's a very common thing where typically alien abductions are so intense that the PTSD after that makes uh, repressed memories very right. common. That's usually why you always, always hear hypnosis being brought in whenever an alien abduction happens. Um, It's also one of the reasons why people say that if you experience alien abductions when you're very young, it's actually sexual abuse. Ah. Because you're repressing the memories and replacing the abduction with something else. Um, Oh, that's weird. Yeah, there's... I. As much as I love paranormal stuff, I will totally come out and be the rational person when <laughs> it needs to be. So, like, stuff like that totally happens all the time. Um, 
So a little bit later, on September 21st, Betty called the Air Force Base near her, and they reported the encounter. And they were afraid of being labeled as crazy, and so they withheld some of the details. Um, Meanwhile, she borrowed a UFO book from a local library, and this was written by a retired Marine Corps major, um, Donald Kehoe. He was uh, the head of the NICAP, which was a civilian UFO research group. Oh, he was like he's legit. Yeah, he was like deep into this. Um, On the twenty sixth, she wrote to him. Uh, Her letter was eventually passed on to Walter Webb, who was a Boston astronomer and fellow member. And so, (laughs) we hear Charlie. Charlie's screaming. Uh, And so Webb actually met with the Hills on October twenty first, nineteen sixty one. They did a six hour interview. And Barney asserted that they had some sort of mental block because they just could not remember for the life of them some of the portions of this. Oof. Webb believed them. They said that it was normal, um, kind of like what I was just getting at earlier. Right. Um, and so, on March third, nineteen sixty-three, this is a little, this is a couple of years after, the Hills publicly discussed the UFO counter with their group at church. Um, <laughs> so Barney had. Uh, <laughs> and could you imagine walking into church and be like? So, what do you have to thank the Lord today, Betty? And you're like, <laughs> I got abducted by a fucking alien. They're like, Well, uh, praise Jesus. Praise <laughs> Hallelujah. Who's next? <laughs> um, yeah, so Barney had a psych. Uh, he, he was seeing a person. A psychologist? Uh, yes. A therapist. Yeah, I think it was more therapist. Okay. <laughs> I really should have specified which one. But Just, did you literally? What did you write? A person? No. I think oh, I, I okay. Think I did write some. It didn't matter because he gets passed on to pretty much. He passes him on to uh, Benjamin Simon of Boston. Okay. And so Simon is the person that brings hypnosis into this. Um, and so on January fourth, nineteen sixty four, he hypnotizes both of them several times each. Oh wow. The sessions that they do last from then till June sixth. Holy shit. Um Simon conducted the sessions on them separately so they couldn't overhear another's uh, recollections. Oh, that's this smart. Is, yes. And then at the end of each session he put amnesia back in. Oh. So they wouldn't have like this whole thing of I'm gonna keep building on what I heard last time, that type of thing. Right, right. Um can't that like fuck up your brain though? I'm I, I don't specialize in hypnosis. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> um. Anyways, Simon hypnotized Barney first. Okay. Um, his first recall was that he saw non-human figures, mm-hmm. and this like messed him up. He experienced so many different emotions. He had tons of fear in him. He cool. suffered from emotional outbursts. Oh wow. Um, and due to that fear, he kept his eyes closed for a lot of it. Oh. So, his story is going to be different from Betty because he kept his eyes closed during a lot of this. Right. <laughs> um, pretty much what he claimed that happened was, this is from the start, he, recall, he recalled that they drove into a dirt road kind of area. They just felt really compelled to do that. And so, uh, he saw six men standing in that same dirt road. Okay. The car stalled, and they told Barney not to fear them. Um, he was really anxious and freaking out, because that's naturally what happens. Right. And so their leader, or what he deduced as the leader, told Barney to just close his eyes. Oh. Um, and Barney's quoted as saying, I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Oh, God, I and don't he, like that. he says this a lot. He says that their eyes were terrifying to him. He had tons of, like, he has, like, at least a whole paragraph wow. of him suffering from what their eyes looked like and That's how. Crazy. Yeah, and how the eyes looked going into, like, him. What? He, he, not physically, I believe. I know, but, but like, like. It was so damaging to him psychologically right. that, like, what did their eyes look like? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was that bad, apparently. Um. Anyway, they were taken onto the craft and they were separated there. In his room, he had three, uh, what I he claimed to be men. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the gender of aliens are, but we'll just, just like I'll beings, just, humanoid. Yeah, figures. I'll just keep saying men for the sake of it. Oh. But um, but he was told to lie onto the exam table, and a cup-like device was placed over his genitals. He didn't experience an orgasm, 
That's but, depressing. But <laughs> I know, right? Like the if one you're gonna thing get abducted, at least you should be able to nut it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But uh, he did think that a sperm sample was taken. That's what he kind of deduced from it, or that's what was assumed, I believed. Um, what did happen was that they scraped his skin, they checked his ears and mouth. A tiny tube was kind of put into his butt, oh, but that's... it was it was quickly removed. So. It was like... Yeah, I did, oh, shit. they didn't, like, scope him into, like, his stomach, I'm assuming, but um, he did check some... This is what I thought was super interesting. Okay. I know that those are kind of, like, those are really scary, but um, he said that he felt something touch his spine, and he believes that they were counting his vertebrae. Oh, I think that's, that's really cool. fascinating. Um, uh, according, to the, according to him, the language that they were speaking sounded like a lot of mumbling, and they didn't understand it that new mumble rap on soundcloud everyone's listening to <laughs> it was little Xan. he's there um <laughs> and so apparently they did understand english uh that's weird yeah to go back to what betty said i know that i'm not hers yet but they she mentioned the same thing and so both times both of them claimed the exact same thing with the language and hmm. the common occurrence with it was that they never moved their mouths when communicating in english Oh, um, so probably like telepathy. telepathy. However, they never used telepathy because he did not know that word. Oh. He uh, he used something else that I should have kept in my notes, but <laughs> <laughs> he said it was like something mental. Like it, it, he it's it's telepathy, but he just did not know that word, which kind of helps his case, I believe. Right, because it isn't like a yeah. Betty never said it. Evidence. Yeah, I was gonna say like it. It's clearly not something that he tried to make up. Um, going to Betty's, uh, Betty had a different experience, to say the least. Uh, so she was seated in a chair and they had, uh, bright lights on her. Apparently they cut pieces of her hair. They checked her eyes, ears, mouth, teeth, throat, hands. They trimmed her fingernails. It's like a spa massage at this point. (laughs) Um, after checking her legs and feet, apparently they used a, a kind of knife to like scrape some of her skin off. Ugh. And that doesn't sound like a spa. Right. This Could is where you imagine like, hello and welcome to You gotta get that dry skin off. Spa. Got it. That's that's what you gotta like scrape all the dead skin off. Um this is where it gets really scary though, and this is the reason why I hesitated earlier. Um when they tested her nervous system, okay. One of the things they did was they thrusted a needle into her navel. Ah. <laughs> It caused her agonizing pain. Like, she recalled yeah. she recalled that it was, like, some of the worst pain ever. And here's the craziest thing. What she believed to be the leader of that group in that room waved his hand in front of her eyes and the pain vanished. What? Um, supposedly she had a conversation with them. And so one of the things that she asked was, where are you from? I guess he pulled down a kind of map and dotted... Some stars. This is really important because one of the most infamous things of this case is the star map that she would later draw. Yes, yes, I know that. Um, so about the star map. (laughs) So the only thing that would match it was the double star system of the Zeta Rikili. Sure. Not super good at that one. (laughs) Um, we're not good at names. This was such a big deal that. Carl Sagan weighed in on the matter. Whoa! Um, he demonstrated that without the lines drawn on the map, which was supposedly, according to Betty, trade routes, oh. um, the map would bear no resemblance to any real-life map. They would just be random dots on a piece of paper. Right. In contrast, some people have been more favorable to it, like um, David Saunders, who's like okay. a statistician, um... He argued that it's so unusual that the key sun-like stars would have been centered around that place and that it's statistically kind of 50-50 to have happened just by chance or whatever. Uh Um, Apparently, this is a random group of stars in our immediate neighborhood. So this isn't like something, you know, I, I... I don't, light years away? I'm trying to think of, like, this isn't something on the other side of the galaxy. This is something relatively close to us. Okay. This is something that we could see and map and chart and check out. Interesting. And prove, in a sense, relatively early. Because this is still, like, late 60s, early 70s when all this conversation right. was going on. 
Um, just the play around with like, did it happen? Did it not? Um, they did get some, the book deals in the movies kind of off topic, I believe. I don't think that was their main goal. It happened so much later. There was right. some reports of apparently alien abduction films have happened on the television during their lifespan. And so there's a tiny chance that maybe some of the repressed dreams were from the movies or some of the appearances of how the aliens looked because the aliens sounded kind of basic right um i mean he even claimed like they just wore like a black suit and a black hat you know what i mean like they were never super in depth with it regardless this is pa i believe the first major reported case in american history of an alien abduction there's been alien encounters in the america's as far as like Columbus, like Columbus, before Columbus. Oh no, that too. But I meant like in terms of like, like reports, like major, right. something major in the modern era, um, right. even though it's not super modern. It's something that was like close enough on the dot where like Columbus thought he saw stars moving that looked like something that was flying into right. the ocean, not something that was like oh there's this circle on right. a rock. You know what I mean? Right. Um terrifying would yeah. not want to be either of them no 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 um betty never remarried even though Aww. she was 80 yeah this is a really sweet case i believe that they were good people and that nothing of malice was intended right um regardless of whether their memories might have been possibly diluted still fascinating to learn about yeah holy and you have shit. very important people like carl sagan commenting on it and right this was a big deal so yeah, that was my case. Holy shit. We just did a first episode, did we? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Look how far we've come. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to close off? Let's do an outro. Shit, Hi, I'm Karen. That far. I'm Karen Kilgara. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> we should have like a little like ding whenever I make up my favorite murder reference. That they wouldn't be able to hear us. No, it'd just be like ding. Ding. We need to have a cat cam. Just make it this a video a podcast. podcast. It needs to be a video podcast. No, Subscribe Charlie. to our Patreon and you'll be able to see cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's plug in our socials real quickly. Yeah. Where can people find you, Hannah? Well, most importantly, where can people find the podcast? Uh, <laughs> it'd probably be good for me to know what that is. I know it. Don't ask. <laughs> it's at Beyond Realm Pod on Twitter. Yeah, Beyond It'll, Realm Pod. Yes. And then I am Han, H-A-N, plays O-W on Twitter. And what are you on Twitter? Local Alien Party. Yeah, and from there you'll find all of our social medias. Yes. And, yeah, we'd never planned this far. <laughs> well, if you made it this far, thank you for listening, everyone. Really appreciate it. This is yeah. super rocky as our first episode. Hopefully um, we'll get better. Probably not. Yeah, this will probably be like hopefully by episode sixty it'll be alright. Sixty. It'll be listenable by then, I'm sure. Listenable. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.